June 27, 2017. It's a Watt from Pedro Show.
Bought from Pedro Show. Uh, June 27th, 2017. I'm in Pedro, but not with Brother Matt. He's disposed because of uh, a situation with the school stuff. But uh, we hope to be with them again once soon. But I'm not entirely alone because through the magic of those engineers in Estonia, in Skype, I've got Jeremy, Jeremy Emmert from Dallas, Texas. Welcome aboard, Jeremy. Hey, thanks for having me, Wyatt. I appreciate it. Okay. We started the show off with uh, Song of the Underground Railroad from John Coltrane from his Africa Brass Sessions. And then Jeremy Emmert with his son, Liam, doing Incoherent Conquistadors. And I think this was just recently recorded. Uh, yeah, uh, actually, I think that might have been. Yeah, I think we did that about six or eight months ago. He, we we uh, we do that all the time. That's one of our one of our uh, one of our little bonding things as a father and son. We just kind of we just jam sometimes and make noise. Yeah. <laughs> that one turned out. We we particularly like that one. So we thought, man, let's we'll uh, we'll give it a name. And stuff, you know. Well, let's like put you in Liam's uh, shoes. What's your Oldest musical recollection. Oh man, I guess um, I just when I found my dad's old guitar, I suppose, in his closet. He had a guitar, just a, an old acoustic, and I used to just goof around with that. <clears throat> Didn't know anything about it, but um, was intrigued, you know, and um, and it just kind of built from there. When I was well, what I about other my, kind of uh, musical experiences, like uh, music in the house? So your your pop was a player? Oh no, he wasn't. No, he just happened to have a guitar. I don't. I don't think that he ever learned how to how to play it. I don't even know how he came by it. But okay, but I think I think he had it from when he was like a teenager or something. And you know, were your mom and pop playing records and the radio or stuff like that? Yeah, um, you remember some of that we, stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, my my dad was into country music, so he he liked stuff like Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard and and uh, that that sort of thing. And uh, at the time, I hated it, you know. But but now I've you know I've somewhat have no. We're, we're talking that. about the old days when you were a boy. Okay. Yeah, is that, is that what you? Whoa, lost you. <laughs> Hold on, people. All right. Okay, now. Uh, yeah, we had a little problem there, people, with, um, what do you call that, uh, bandwidth and uh, internet traffic, and we lost them for a while, but Dallas Pedro Connection has been restored. So, when I'm talking music, I'm not talking about you t taking an instrument. I know down the road that's what happened. I'm just talking about music in general, like stuff you're listening to, you, you say you pop's country fan. What about in school? Did you do music in school? Um, not until I was in college. Okay, but when I was when I was in high school, I, of course I was I played guitar and I was into into music. You know, even younger than that, but as far well, as let's, like let's go back. Can you can you remember the first record that you bought? That was it for your parents. Um, Dead Kennedys and God We Trust. Okay, how old were you? Twelve. All right. How did you hear about Dead Kennedys? Just through uh, older kids that I that I knew from uh, skateboarding. Ah, oh, okay, skaters. Yeah, man. Uh, so, 
and and probably fun to skate to maybe. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Good, good tempo, good tempo. <laughs> yeah, at the time I lived in we lived in Bowie, Maryland, and uh there was a a bunch of skater kids about my age and then there were, we would skate at this uh ditch, this drainage ditch and a lot of older kids would skate too and they'd bring their their uh tapes and stuff and so we'd listen we learned all about Dick like Kennedy's bo- butthole surfers and stuff. Like uh, boombox. So you're, yeah. you're talking about what, fifth, sixth grade? Mm, yes. That's yeah, right. Okay, okay. So in grade school there was no music program. None that I was particularly inclined to want to be a part of, I guess, at the, at the time, you know, it, the options were probably, you know, uh, you know, I take that back. I, I did, I played trumpet for a year when I was maybe in third grade, third or fourth grade. All right. Did you pick it? But, uh, yeah. Well, I wanted to do saxophone, but saxophone was too expensive. So my, <laughs> okay. my, my parents could afford the, the trumpet. It was a cornet, actually, a smaller version of the trumpet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, I thought the cornet had more tubing. Anyway, isn't that Chuck, Maybe. Yeah, Chuck Maggioni, right? Uh, I remember when I was a teenager, he was big deal. Uh, is that a flugel horn? Ah, you might be right. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm lacking in the brass knowledge, even though we yeah. played something from uh, Mr. Coltrane's Africa Brass Sessions. I got to bone up on that. Yeah. Um so, uh, what made you stop trumpet? I think we moved. We uh, moved, and so I just at the where we moved to, I just didn't pick it back up. Yeah, right. So then the new connect is with people your own age and skaters. Uh, and you, you had as a boy touched, uh, fooled around with your uh, father's acoustic guitar. Uh, when did you start, take up the guitar? Well, I guess when I was about. 14 or 15 uh, for Christmas, my brother and I, we got guitars and and uh, my mom found a guy, this uh, older teenage teenager that would come to our house once in a while and show us a few things. And so uh, <clears throat> I remember he showed me how to play power chords and then I remember learning uh, that Sex Pistols album, learning as many tunes on that as I could and I thought that was a lot of fun. Oh, so like your mom said, if I'm going to get you a guitar, you're going to have to take lessons. Was it like that? Not so much. I wanted to. I wanted to take lessons. Oh, okay, okay. And and plus, uh, he's he's not showing you square stuff. He's showing you the whole Sex Pistol album. That's pretty hip. It's not Jingle yeah. Bells or. You know. <laughs> 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 yeah, I remember dudes learning Jingle Bells on guitar on acoustic guitar. You know, it's so insane. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, I, I teach guitar, and sometimes I I teach uh, little kids. You know, and that's. You know that's what they know. So because it got, know, it's but, got a strong melody, right? Yeah, but but if you're 12, that's not so cool. You know, but if you're five, <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> all right. All right. Look, I, I want to play something here called Mr. Banana Heels. What you, can you tell me about that? Um, it's just a tune I wrote. Uh, the uh, Mr. Banana Heels I, I think of as just sort of like a clumsy person, and if you listen in the in the middle section, I I kind of intentionally kind of flub up the the uh the rhythm a little bit and things like that and it, and it's sort of seems fitting for the for the melody I suppose. Okay, let's listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
なそれ以外素敵なお兄さん綺麗なネイルのお姉さんブロックバスター映画のレイトショーももうすぐ終わる中華料理屋のオードネス金のネックレスが光るあの匂いもしかしてゲランのオムイデアルドラッグストアの蛍光灯が眩しい大地中相談割り濃かったからタピオカミルクティー砂糖 50% 凍りますもっと向こうにまだ多分あるみんないるけど誰もいない見つからないトラック ID 寂しいけど誰も入れない私が一番世界で一番いい女あなたのことはどうでもいいただ一緒に踊ってくれればそれでまだ帰らないもう帰れないレオパードのスカート美獣のミュールラメのリップガネーシャのネックレスフープピアスタトゥーはお預けタクシー黒塗りデビッド・ボーイド・レッツ・ダンスそこからトリップあれは確か南国の霧雨たぎる男光る仏像熱を帯びたままチェックインみんないるけど誰もいない見つからないトラック ID 寂しいけど誰も入れない私が一番世界で一番いい女あなたのことはどうでもいいただ一緒に踊ってくれればそれでまだ帰らないもう帰れない
when they're stuck in the mud. Find a groove when you're fucked up and crushed. Walks in, getting punched with a dust. When they're suddenly you're fucked up because they're funny and dumb. See it come up, but it's hard to react. Tunnel vision as the guards attacks. Keep it running, you're the target to catch. Locked in the back of love, start enough, you dash. It's aspirated by Atlantis tactics. Walls going backwards, spinning with madness. Atlas, animal for possible factors. Probably what, not in the life of those raptors. Some stuff the truth sent to your teacher. Seek high learning from the sense of media. Some shut down like a broken receiver. We'll level something up like a cyclopedia. Who's feeding the beast together quick? Feeding the never click or fleeing some heavy shit. Needs to let it slip. Freeze your never slip. Living the heavy fist. Skimming to break the bliss. These injections are for your own protection. These injections are for your own protection. These injections. Won't step on the zone into the margins. We'll be swept up the road up in the carpets. No track in the phone and drop the glasses. Can't get to you if we went creating carnage. Bump your head with the dread like a zeppelin. So you disconnect with the frenzy of adrenaline. Let a one is bent on their pension, they're pedaling. Just double your neck, never gonna let them in. Ain't taking the big strong to land. Have to come back some other time. Got the boss for the junkies to climb. Sucking eyes getting shot in the side. Funds for the time, friends are nullified. Suck a laugh on the mind, you can cut the size. Put a clock on this price, hold all other vice. No hide in destructive drive. These injections are for your own protection. These injections are for your own protection. These injections are for your own protection. These injections. Sit back, we're commencing the show. Take it into your head and it's cold. Making sure you've been kept in the toes. Keep quiet till the end of the zone. It's a ride to enjoy the thrill. We'll provide more your risk to kill. Can't deny it was the voice of the deal. Put in the tides, the poison was spill. See underneath, clean the teeth. Clean pieces of meat, speaks with the beast. Use the treats, giving the foul knowledge. It's a bit of solace, it copies one of these elite. On the verge of collapse, smash sentences. Magic from the hat of flash pretenses. Turning the mask into the business. Setting traps for a pattern is endless.
A vice filled night and a dress up. Yeah, reflection as it's bright above the wood to my love. Shut up, time to invite the tongues to touch over my holy crabs and possesses me.
show we heard mr banana heels jeremy emmert uh those clams in the middle people that i've been notified they were intentional (laughs) unlike mine (laughs) okay uh matt jones after that brand new project he's got with uh, dj honey pants shinjuku 3am something a brand new out of uh tokyo from our zero four sunrise I just did a collaboration with him. Uh, something called Kambawa. Euno uh, after that, out of Roma, Italy. No one else's blues. Why bought out of London? That's Willie, originally from Brooklyn. Uh, injections. Chato Ghetto after that, brand new mon- monstrosity. Chris. Another Chris. Um... Nervous Gender from the old days with monsters. Yeah, there's something rung a bell in my uh, head. Uh, people, I uh, apologize for the sound. They're building an apartment next to me here. You wouldn't have this at the Love Grotto with Brother Matt because 
It's very peaceful there on the pleasure point, but here there's, you hear that hammer? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Jeremy here. Yeah. All the way in Dallas, Jeremy's here. Okay, then uh, I took your name, Sea of Infantry. I took your name. I think they're, uh, yeah, Dutch dudes. And uh, finally, Howie Reeve, who's living in Glasgow these days, Holiday Snaps, brand new album, Howie, on the solo bass. So, okay. You get to learn some Sex Pistols. Uh, by this time, what kind of do you have an acoustic guitar or an electric guitar? No, I had an electric. Okay, so you also nothing. got an amp too, right? Yeah, no, nothing, nothing fancy, but yeah, a little amp. Yeah. So you're jamming to records. Sure. Okay. Well, I, I'm in because you know you're a composer now, so I'm interested. When did you start writing? Oh man, uh, is that much further down the road? No, man, almost immediately, like when oh, I found okay. my, my dad's guitar when I didn't know how to play anything. I was just coming up with my own little riffs and things. Well, what, what so, after you got schooled with the uh, Steve Jones Sex Pistols guitar parts? Yeah, well, uh, you know, that that then I kind of learned how songs work. And, okay. Um, but you, you started know, writing, you continued to compose. Sure, sure, okay. yeah, at a very basic level, I guess you could say. And uh, and I had a friend who lived in the neighborhood, uh, Chris Johnson. He and I, you know, he had a guitar too, and so we would he would show me stuff, I'd show him stuff. We try to figure out as much as we could, and and uh, just just had fun with it. What, what what about the band thing? Did you try that? Yeah, but that wasn't until really after after high school. Okay. I had I had a couple of buddies. I had a, a, my friend Noah who was a, who played drums, and we would we would we would. We would jam at his house and stuff, but nothing, nothing that ever came of anything really. Okay. <clears throat> but after after high school, um, my first real thing I started doing, I suppose, was uh, with a uh, actually acoustic guitar with a with a singer. Uh, her name was Erin Ballard, Erin uh, Dooley at the time, Erin Ballard now. And, uh, and that was the first time I ever actually did any kind of like performance, like a gig or something. So, so you're like an accompanying a singer. Yeah. Okay, what was your first gig? Tell, tell us about it. Uh, I think it was maybe like an open mic in Dallas at the place I think was called uh, Chumley's. I don't know, it's not there anymore, but but uh, we wrote a handful of tunes ourselves and, and uh, we did that. Now what was that gig like? Was it scary? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> sort of like what Watt likes to call them pants shitters. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a pants shitter. <laughs> did you clam? I'm sure I did. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, my, my first gigs, actually, they still are pretty terrifying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you got to get up, you got to do them. Uh, good people, I got to see Jeremy last month. In fact, uh, Conk and his pad, he, we had a really good time. John and Terry show, uh, playing with meat puppets, and then going to Jeremy, Jeremy's pad and him. Good rap. You had a good time. Um, so, okay, so you do, the, when do you start like playing in a combo like with drummers and bass players and stuff like this? Well, that same acoustic duo eventually evolved into a full band. Okay. Uh, yeah, and so, and, that, and, that, and this was all like in the mid-90s, I suppose. Okay. And and it didn't last too long, but it it was fun while it while it did last. You know, the idea of being in a band it was something that I, like in high school I always wanted that. I always thought how cool it would be to to be in a band and be able to play gigs. You know, because I would love going to see bands play and 
and uh, <clears throat> and it was fun to finally make that happen. Right. But then, uh, what you like, kind of get it in guitar seriously, right? You want to get educated on it, right? So, you go to school for it, right? I, eventually, I did. Um, well, I, right out of high school, I I I, I tried to. I wasn't that good, you know. It to, in in school, like in, to go to school for music, you got to have some sort of level of proficiency on things like sight reading, and sure, music theory, and that sort of thing. And I and I just didn't have it at the time. But, but with I, the, I the big music school near you, it's in Denton, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah UNT. Right, right, right. Good music school. Oh yeah, I, I got yeah. to play. I, one time, I even got to play on the campus, and I asked I for paper. I asked for paper for set list. And they gave uh-huh. me the paper with staff lines, you know? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I said, this is a music school here. <laughs> right. So so, so you, had to, you had to woodshed and get some profi- proficient at some skills. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So that took a little while, right? It did. In fact, I had a, a, a kind of a dry spell. I... I uh, I ended up going to a, a school for like computers, and I worked in computers for a while, like a, like an IT type job. Sure. And uh, nothing against that type of work, but it just wasn't for me. Yeah. And uh, and so I, so I, in my off time, you know, after school and stuff, I would I would practice as much as I could. Even in my lunch breaks, I would go down to my truck, and I would I had a like what what, what we call the real book. Yeah. And it, for jazz music, and I would, and I would try opposite to opposite of a fake book, people. Yeah, kind of like that. And I would just tap out rhythms, trying to, trying to get better at sight reading because I had a terrible sense of reading rhythms. You know, sure, sure. melodies, things. Well, you're turning the little scribbles on the page into actual sounds and rhythms. Yeah, sure. It, what do you call that? It's a nomenclature. It's a, it's a, it's a way you can share with people. In the old days, you could imagine without recordings. Mm-hmm. The manuscripts were very important. Uh, yeah. So, so you're boning up on this, and then you make the dive back into music school. Yeah, yeah. I uh, eventually got to where I was teaching enough lessons and and doing some gigs. Yeah, yeah. Know. Let's talk about the lessons. How does that come about? Uh, just a, a kid in the neighborhood across the street. Uh, the the family across the street the shells you you met him one time when you were here Anthony I don't know if you remember real tall guy okay yeah um, and uh, he was my first student he was young and uh, he wanted to learn how to play and he, he didn't stick with it long but but that that just one thing led to another before you knew it I had you know a pretty good amount of students and and it got to where I was like so you Man, you, could- you uh, on purpose really didn't set out to do that but. It ended up happening. Well, once I saw that some momentum was starting to build, I I made big time efforts to to really make it happen. Okay, but you think you got some skills about being able to convey people, because it takes a certain kind of personality to teach people to have patience. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a, to to be a teacher. I have a lot of respect for you know. There's certain skills that maybe. You know, they're, they're really good on that, whatever, instrument or device or paintbrush, but they don't have the skill to show other people. And you know what I'm saying? I think it's an art in itself, teaching. And I think we need them. I don't think everybody can do it. I don't think everybody can be good at it. But that doesn't mean we don't need them. 
So I'm, I'm always interested because to me, it's a version of sharing. You know, when you bring somebody on board with music and you let and you show them how to put some stuff together in a way, you're not painting the whole future for them. You're you're you're, you're building them a launch pad, a, a springboard. You know what I'm saying? So they can take that and use it for their own personal expression. I think it's a great gift and uh, people with skills to do the teaching. Because you notice, right, when you're especially somebody probably brand new, you got to you can't be in a hurry. Yeah, man. I, I the way I a lot of times the way I approach it is I try to envision <clears throat> what, what you know what my experiences were like as a student and how I would want someone to a teacher to approach me. Empathize. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Empathize. That's yeah. the word. Yeah. That's a, that's not, a good thing. A, but not everyone's going to learn like me. But of course. But just to have the flexibility of or just the, the awareness of that empathy, you know, and just try to. Accommodate, accommodate different types of learners. You know, sure, sure, right? Because everybody's different. Everybody's coming from another place, going somewhere else. Okay, so your music now has got another track. You're, you're giving lessons, and you're going back to school to do this, right? Yes. Okay, and uh, you think that teaching helped you? Oh I mean, yeah, not just the bones, yeah. but even in the music area. Absolutely. I think I think if, uh, if the more you, the more you teach something, the deeper you understand it. Maybe. Yeah, I think Buddha said something like that. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. Something think, like that. They're, they're kind of intertwined. Learning, teaching. They're kind of uh, uh, tangled up together. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm to the point I've got students that when I during the lessons I'm I'm learning I'm I'm practicing you know my own playing sure like sure. If we're, if we're practicing tunes and we're practicing improvising and things like that, yeah. you know, sometimes we'll just pick a tune that neither neither of us know and we learn it together. You know, that's bitching. And it's uh, maybe less hierarchy, you know, top down, uh, not so much of that or, or more, yeah, kind of a common uh, empathy, a kind of a, a shared experience. Yeah, because like I wonder how much you can always learn just having it beat into you, you know, with orders. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's enough of of the world already set up like that. <laughs> right, right, and especially something expressive like the arts. So that that's interesting, uh, and and this can happen with a new student, even right. Oh yeah, yeah. Really bitching. Hey, we, uh, people, we got the end of the first. Hour of the June 27, 2017 edition of Watt from Peter Show. Special guest Jeremy Emmert from Dallas. Hold tight for hour two. June 27, 2017. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
Grand Rapids, Bytown, Midwestern Hardwood and Stainless Steel Reality. Tumbling thoughts damned too many times flowing over a toxic riverbed that can never be dredged. For the sake of plating our conscious and factory parts, we stack shiny metal reflecting our different surroundings, our dirty enterprise, ridiculously immature thoughts. So down the obnoxious strip that cuts the edge of town, with malls and all the same stores comes tripping gently America's aging beat lover to sign his biography. My mother stands in line, a book proper for me. Graciously she stands while I kill myself in a warehouse. Kid in front holds up a baseball, regulation, for Allen Ginsberg to sign. He's got a collection, his father says. Allen pauses. He smiles and nods and signs. And there you have it, somewhere in Grand Rapids, the signed Ginsberg ball on its little official stand. By design is going to laugh about it. The three ring circus, the box office smashed. The killing of characters, fingerprints on flowers stems. For Pedro Show, start off the second hour with a sheet in the wind's eye. The wind's eye. Jim, Jeremy Emmert. Tell us, Jeremy, about that too. Oh, man. What can I say? I don't know. It's just uh, just uh, something that kind of came to me. Okay. What about the ball. title? The title is a reference to, you know, you. Uh, have you ever heard the, my, my mom's always had these funny, uh, sayings that she would say one of them was three sheets to the wind oh yeah yeah a little borracho right (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) so this is kind of a i think i think that that stems from this saying and i I believe it's might even i think it's a nautical saying okay yeah uh, yeah in those days sometimes the slang word for sail is a sheet yeah yeah and uh and i've seen uh i read something where um like if you like the four corners of the of the cell, yeah, that that are the tie that that what's holding it, connecting it to the to the boat or what have you, is those yes. might be referred to as the sheets. And three sheets to the wind would be three of those those uh, corners being loose. So you imagine, yeah, it's just sail, flapping around. You're, you know, it means you're fucked up. You're drunk. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. So, you know, and that, you know, just, I don't know, it seemed fitting for the tune, I thought. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, when, you, when you're composing, do you think of the title first, or is that last? I think that comes last. In my case, when I write, I always start with titles. Because cool. it helps give me focus. But hardly anybody I've talked to does it that way. It's usually last. <laughs> yeah. So you're not I, alone. Uh, yeah. What, uh, so, so you end up uh, with the school thing. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I went to, uh, at, when I finally went back to school after uh, I quit my IT job and I was, and I spent some time just practicing and, and teaching and playing as many gigs as I could. Um, well, before I went back, I, man, I, I practiced my, practiced my butt off to, to learn how to play, uh, some solo jazz guitar, like to learn how to play some solo, uh, tunes so I could do gigs that way. Sure. Man so, alone. Exactly. Yeah. I met a bass player, a really good bass player, and he told me if he was a guitar player, that's the first thing he would do is make sure he he could play three sets of solo solo tunes so that you don't you don't have to rely on anybody. You know, okay. if you get a you get a call for a gig at the last minute, you can do it. Right, right. Right. Yeah, very so, very flexible. Yeah, so that, well, that took me a while. I, I I spaced. I, I forgot to tell what else we played to start off the second hour. There was a Pete Courtesy phone and Kid Congo Powers doing In Flame, the Sludge Dub. Joe Brewer, Jack Brewer's cousin out of uh, Madison. Allen Ginsberg's Baseball. And finally, Guided by Voices, The Laughing Closet. People hear something very fresh. Jeremy Emmert.
Locked from Pedro Show. Uh, my position has been struck by lightning. Jeremy Emmert. Then we heard Sputnik Trio with something live. Call my wife at home. Uh, they're out of Spain. Uh, Clay Chaplin. Brenda's, Brenda's truthful hanging. Uh, I think uh, Echo Park here in SoCal. And, or Silver Lake. Heather. Got to get some new music from him because uh, it's incredible. And then finally, uh, the Brendan Etter Ensemble. Highland Park, I remember. Uh, he gave me this personally after a gig I did there called uh, Pastoral. Um, back to, with Jeremy and his uh, journey through music. So, okay. You, you, you're getting through the school stuff. You're learning how to do gigs by yourself. You've quit the pewter stuff. You're doing lessons. Take it from there. All right. Well, then my son was born, and that was in uh, 2008 when he was born. So I just that just once. So during the day, I got to be a stay-at-home dad because most of my work's in the evenings. And so that was cool. But uh, but it just made me really feel inclined to to go back and finish finish school. And um, so and by, and, by, and you know, it, it doesn't take going to school to be a be a musician by any means it just in my mind it was sort of a personal goal as well as uh just something i wanted my son to see but also uh increase the chances of just a livelihood you know what i mean yeah support him yeah yeah so so uh he was born in 2008 and i and i went back I guess he, when he was about three, my wife's, my wife's job, she had uh, gotten a, a different job and it was real flexible. So she could uh, have, have some time at home with him. And that allowed me a couple of days a week to go back and take classes. So, so I, I went back to a school in Fort Worth called Texas Wesleyan and did their music program. Cause uh, being just having a, having the family and all that, I'd, like North Texas, if there was not a clearly defined, um, what do you call it? Like a, uh, degree plan because there's not, not, not for me anyway, not for someone like me, like some, like some, some like the really top, like sight readers, top players and stuff. Sure. But, uh, this deal in Fort Worth was much more doable. Okay. And then what? Yeah. I, I, I don't know what you're time. saying. You, you had to find a situation that was right for you. Right. Was there yeah. was now was there some teachers there that made a big difference? Yeah. Because like you were saying, yeah. like school, you don't have to go to school to be a musician, but it is a place where there are people with some knowledge, and it can change uh, your life, right? That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. People, I, had, I think uh, some people got to understand about school. Yes, yeah, so sometimes they're just institutions, but other times they're places where there's people who have knowledge that want to share it. I agree. Yeah, it makes in, a, in a big weird, difference. Yeah, in a, in a weird way though, it's it was at the time it was as far as like my, my musical abilities. It, at in the moment, it it became it felt like a step back just because of the burden of all the other classes and things you got to take that aren't directly don't don't, direct, don't directly apply to your playing. Sure, but um, but also I got to I got to. Uh, Study with some really great players like uh, uh, Clint Strong and Luke Harfa, and the things that they 
were trying, you know, I could only absorb so much at that time, but, um, but later, you know, after school, then I was able, I was able to really sort of digest what they were trying to get me to, to do in, at the time. And so ultimately it's, it was a, a big step forward in my, in my abilities as a player. Are you saying that stuff resonates through you still today? Absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah, great. I mean, so in a way, like life lessons. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, and much there, respect there, to both of those guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Great, great, great players, but also just real encouraging, you know? Yeah. Cool, cool dudes. For sure, man. Now, of course, part of the mission, besides learning the skills, it's, it's finding your own voice. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like those guys, they, they got their ways of playing, and they probably don't want you to be a, a copycat so much, but somehow encourage you to find your way, right? Definitely, absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. Was that um, tough? I've yeah. always thought, because you know, I come from the place where you copied songs off records, and how were you supposed to ever get your own style if you were just always copying people? It was really a dilemma for me. Until uh, the movement came, and then I just started writing songs for D. Boone, and not, not like those guys didn't show me anything off the records, but I couldn't continue to copy their parts. Yeah, yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, a, a a big part of my uh, my lessons with with Lou and Clint, though, uh, especially Lou, he uh, he man had me transcribing solos, yeah, like Wes Montgomery solos and sure. things like that. With with the end goal of incorporating that into my own playing, you know, not not so much just playing exactly that way, I guess, but maybe finding a way to, like you said, find your own voice. But yeah. you, those are just tools, like stepping stones, to to that end or goal. Yeah, uh, insights. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, you know, um, I. I I love players like Mark Rebeau. Sure. And Nels Klein. And, Nels Klein. Yeah, Mary Halverson, Ava, Ava Mendoza. They, and that what, yeah. what I'm doing with these tunes that I've written is sort of, I, I guess I guess in hindsight, maybe maybe was a bit inspired by some of the stuff that they kind of do, you know. No, that's righteous. It's a uh, second hour of June 27, 2017, Dish and Watt Peter Show, special guest, Jeremy Emmert. Hold tight, people, for hour three. June 27, 2017. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
memories climb Blurry like a VHS If we fought last night I can't remember anything you said Just the sound of your voice And a ringing in my head I blew this morning to temptation But deliver us from evil This is the fall
Camines cobrint-te les esquenes. A tanta gent has fet patir. Ningú té por pas ja de tu. Tothom vol veure't ben mort.
hatte eine Rose. Bald war das Spiel vorbei. Ich schwor ihr Treue für immer. Sie brach mein Herz in zwei. Das macht Sinn, wenn ich bitte. Das hat sie mir gesagt, als ich die Liebe bezahlte, hat sie nochmal gelacht.
Lord, it's been so long since I've been home. Lord, it's been so long. I've been so alone. I'm gonna make it home. I'm gonna find my love. We're gonna make that peace. Be back in love I seen you one day Walking down the street Lord, I fell in love fell in love and now I know just what I want baby want your love I want your love
Rockford Pedro show. Start, start the third hour off with uh, Sleep Wobbles, Jeremy Emmert. Uh, Pale Angels with Slow Jangle. That's speaking of skaters. You know, I had Jamie from Pale Angels on the show the uh, last edition, and uh, he told me about like yeah. if you're gonna swim. Did you listen to that? If you're gonna swim, uh, if you're gonna skate swimming pools, don't do it in the dark. He broke <laughs> both his arms. Well, yeah, he broke yeah. both his yeah. arms, and then uh, his face. He had to uh, stop himself with his face. Oh, <laughs> yeah. man! Oh. Hey, you you know you know my friend Klaus. Yeah, never. Not too long ago, I don't know if he wants me talking about this. <laughs> he yeah he the other day riding his bike, man, ran into a car. Oh, two hundred stitches in his face. Oh shit. Yeah, sorry to hear that, Klaus. Please uh, heal up quick, Klaus. Please. Yeah, man. Watch it, people. Well, uh, uh, Jamie's advice was: don't go skating pools with no lights. Oh man, (laughs) (laughs) he's a big man. I mean, this guy—you know—he's tall. He's six four, something like that. Oh man. Anyway, uh, we had Drangay from uh, Sheffield after that with the woods, and uh, Murnau B. Out of uh, Barcelona, La Viuda Torla Ori. Kim Bowman Kessner, uh, Berlin, with uh, Roseline. And uh, some stuff from Bloodshot, uh, Chai Town. Ha Ha Tonka Heart, All With You, Scott H. Birham, Feel So Wrong. And finally, Luke Winslow King with I'm Glad Trouble Don't Last Always. Uh, so, where are you right now, music-wise? Music-wise, man, I've just been doing these, uh, writing these solo tunes, uh, just trying to practice as much as I can. And uh, and and Klaus and I have been trying to work on some stuff. You know, he's a great tenor sax player. Yeah, and uh, he's doing some real trippy stuff with effects pedals. He's he. Uh, he sends his uh, mouthpiece or whatever it is off to this guy somewhere who installed a, like a pickup in it, like a microphone. Yeah. And he runs that through all sorts of stuff, man. It's pretty wild. So, what, so you guys are thinking of duets? Uh, yeah. If, if nothing else, we're, we're hoping we could find a drummer and a bass player. Well, I, I asked Jeremy because I'm going to play something here. Because for a couple of years you were doing this band called Airs of Metabolism. I played some music on the show. And uh, actually, we got to share a stage with you uh, in Dallas there in Deep Ellum Club Dada. And but that 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 unit fell apart, right? Not entirely. You know, our, our drummer bailed on us, but yeah. but John John Newberry. And in fact, that's an interesting story. I think people should hear about this guy bails, uh, like before the gig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is lame ass people. There's nothing wrong with giving notice and shit, but you don't cut cut out right before the gig. <laughs> Here, you yeah, tell him, Jeremy. Well, that's that's what happened. I don't and I don't want to talk bad about the guy because okay. I, I, you know, we, you know. But anyway, yeah, we man, it was it was our turn to play, and it was time to it was time to get set up, and as we're putting our gear up on stage he decides man i just don't want to do this anymore (laughs) (laughs) can you can you wait about an hour (laughs) (laughs) but what you guys do you ended up doing an album right 
Yeah, we did. Like I said, I've played a lot of songs, and and I like the band. Pretty good. But, you know, there's about music, right? You can practice, you can work on. Personalities, that's a little tougher. So (laughs) I want to play the the astronomers versus the astrologists. Errors of metabolism.
Sherlock were the bad machine.
city of piss How did things come to this? Watch for Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Errors of Metabolism with Astronomers versus the Astrologists. Kind of like what's going on now. <laughs> uh, then we had Vistain doing Blood Red live. Ah, here's a, uh, something live. Uh, was was this gig in Dallas? It's it's the Bad Machine. And you would, you would you come on stage and play guitar as a guest? Yeah, man, it was really cool. Uh, Two called Meat know. Grinder. Yeah, yeah, Caesar, Eva, and Anthony. Yeah, people, they, uh, uh, Caesar and Anthony, Ms. Eva, she's, these are Pedro people. And they, I guess they were on tour and they stayed at your pad? Yeah, they stayed They stayed for three days, three nights. All right. And uh, one, night, one night they had off, and so we just had a great time hanging out. And then the other two nights we, uh, we did gigs together. You know, Arizona Metabolism opened for them. Okay. One in Denton, and then that one that, where uh, that recording was, was uh, in Fort Worth. At uh, nineteen, the nineteen nineteen Hemp Hill, I think is as the name, okay. sort of a DIY punk place. But people might not notice this, but or realize this, but Fort Worth also was the home of Caravan of Dreams, Ornette Coleman. That's right, man. Yeah. I don't think people know that. You know, people get all cliched and stereotyped in their mind. Gotta let go, people. Uh, we had Mechanized Death from Exterminators. 
Uh, that was produced by Chris Kirkwood, Meat Puppets. Uh, you got to see us uh, play together last month. Yeah, so, yeah. In fact, the whole Kirkwood family <laughs> and Shandon. Um, yeah, non non relative Shandon on the drums. And uh, uh, Senor Al after that with Mama Get the Blues Liquor. And Nels Klein from his uh, lover's uh, double album, Cry, Want. Uh, instru- in- in- instrumental from uh, San Antonio guys, uh, Fluffer Union. Uh, what's that? Sox, uh, South Tex. So- South Tex. Yeah, uh, that's uh, Craig Smith and uh, a great label. Who does he sing for? The Hickoids and uh, gay sports ca- casters. Good scene down there. Uh, I hadn't played so many years, you know, since Taco Land. And finally, Grandpa's Ghost with City of Piss, a prelude out of St. Louis. I I got to see one of those guys uh, last month, too, that came over by the river. Uh, Jeremy, if somebody getting into music brand new asked you for advice, what would you say? Oh, man, you know, I'd say go for it. Why not? What do you got to lose? Well, I can't uh, read mine, so I have to ask you, okay? <laughs> What's that now? I ask you because I can't read mine, so I had to have you, you know, I had to ask you. Yeah. To, because yeah. I, I, I try to ask a lot of people about advice because I think people, they don't know how wide open it is that everybody can do it their own way. That's right. Yeah, man. Yeah, it just depends on what your goal is. What What do you want out of music? Do you want to make a living out of it? Do you want to just have, or have a band that you can, you know, just... As a creative outlet, something like that, you know, um, any involvement in music, I, I would advise to anyone, you know, it's a, I think just part of the human experience, you know. That's bitching. And you are a great example of applying yourself to it, doing the focus, getting it together. Uh, much respect for you. And, uh, <coughs> yeah, much success at realizing these new tunes you're writing and also all the knowledge that you're spreading with these cats taking uh, lessons from you. That's that's a great gift. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for being on the show today. Uh, truly. Well, what? What? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it, man. Okay. It's been the June 27, 2017 edition of the Watford Pedro Show with my guest, Jeremy Emmert. People, everyone out there, keep your powder dry. <laughs>